Cristiano Ronaldo completely ruined Man United last season. This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You are listening Top of the Hour on WMC Upper Montclair. And this is Match Week. Guys, today... It is me and one other special guest. That's right. Only a duo today. But this guy, he was here for when Match Week wasn't on the air. He was on our last episode before we came onto the radio. It is the one, the only, the only Arsenal fan that I know. It is Kenny Campin. Come on. Come on. <laughs> What's up, Kenny? How we doing today? What's up, Hardy? How's it going? Good, good, good. I feel like sometimes when I say your name, like I, I it's meant to be like said like an in ring boxing announcer, you know? It's like <laughs> over in the red corner, weighing in at 153 pounds is Kenny Cameron, you know? Like I feel like I have to say it like that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Pretty accurate, pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, pretty mm-hmm. accurate. Now, Kenny, tell me, this past weekend, great time to be an Arsenal fan. Huge, amazing. Especially after, you know, our start last year to the Premier League. This is, you know, I'm in heaven right now. I really am. Yeah, because it, it it goes to show that Arsenal is sort of that team right now that is able to still pull results. Like, it's no more a struggle for them, as we've seen in years past. But now it's sort of like a, oh, wow, like, we're here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, especially with um, uh, some new summer signings Arteta had. And, you know, obviously transfer deadline, you know, it's not over yet, so... Could be some last-minute changes. I mean, speaking of transfer deadline day, real quick tonight, if you'd like to remember, no call to actions. <laughs> Typical tagline can match week, no call to actions. But if you'd like to come tonight at 10 p.m., we are having a transfer deadline day special, only available on WMSC 90.3. If you guys are available, if you like, yes, no, maybe so. No call to actions. Your choice completely. I'm not telling you to do anything. You can come later on tonight, 10 p.m. and listen. Continue, kidding. Yeah, but um, uh, with Arteta, we have uh, you know, a lot of new summer signings and some players that he's had from he's coached before, like Zinchenko and Jesus. So it's players that he he knows a lot about because he's worked with them and they've come in and they've done a good job so far. So, you know, I think everyone's kind of trusting the process with them right now and starting to believe in it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, here's the thing: Do you think that? It's. I wouldn't say hypothetically. It's all like Arteta this, Arteta that. Do you think that it's finally like not only just Arteta, like everything else is going right above him as well? Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, with like uh, Edu, he's obviously part of our uh, summer signing, and even with uh, like the club owners, like uh, with the uh, uh, John Kroenke, um, you know, a lot of people wanted them out, but I think you know, especially I saw like the Arsenal documentary, and it gives really like kind of like behind the scenes stuff of what they're trying to do, and I think they're kind of all in with the club when uh, when you look at it from a certain perspective. Of course, the documentary is going to make it seem like that. Yeah, I'd say because do you, you know, do you think these documentaries sort of like sports wash the idea of what they are, right? So do you think that it's sort of meant to sell that idea to the fans to calm them? Because what if let's say hypothetically Manchester United did a all or nothing, and we hear and see the uh, Glazers for finally and God knows how long. Like, do you th- like do you think 
it, that's just how documentaries work? They're meant to just sell you an idea? Or do you think you actually really saw something with these owners? You know, I, I think they definitely try to sell you an idea, the documentaries, you know, because obviously they're, you know, part, the money's always involved, you know, with the, the owners and stuff like that. But I think um, it definitely kind of spoke to words this summer because of the signings that were made from the club and the money that they put up. So maybe last year he would have said something differently. Or maybe, you know, having the documentary push like the owners to be more involved and, and put more towards the club. So that could be something that changed too. But the way that this documentary kind of portrayed it, you know, it definitely, you know, gave a lot of belief to the fans. I know every club's different, but I think the the way that they had it set up, you know, it kind of showed that, you know, above Arteta, you know, everyone's kind of working together, you know, to get Arsenal back to where it should be because it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's a tough situation to be in because everybody loves seeing Arsenal to fail, but now that they are sort of ahead of the curve and they've taken this like slight rebuild but they've taken their time right mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. it's just been pump it all one summer see what happens constant spending of signings it's like you've picked a manager you're finally putting pieces to the puzzle that you want and then now it's actually like you know flowing together yeah you know it it, it definitely took time um you know Arteta has been in now for i think coming up uh this November, I think it's going to be like two full years, and he got the contract extension last year. You mm-hmm. know, his first year he took over when Emery. You know, we finished eighth. But that was year. also the COVID season he took over, right? Yes, yeah, that was. So that's sort of like too. it's like a weird spot because it's he's sort of been there for more than two years, but like he hasn't been there for yeah. more than two years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it kind of been he has and he hasn't, but you know we finished eighth, and last year obviously we won the top four, but finished fifth. That's still an improvement from eighth. So it's not like we went backwards. We still went forward. But, you know, I think that last year in my head, I was like, all right, if we don't get top four, I think Arteta's going to be out. But even though getting fifth, we still kind of believed in it. Now this year, um, you know, we should really even push for, like, top three. Yeah. You know, I think we have the potential for it. And, you know, some teams have been changing in the Prem, too. I mean, you look at Liverpool. You know, they lost Sadio Mane, and he's a huge part of their goal-scoring you know, aspect, and they're attacking. They have some new faces that came in, but... The new faces kind of have to live up to, you know, the expectations that Sadio Mane had, I think, for Liverpool to be successful. Yeah, but I, I think the difference between having a new face Liverpool and trying to replace Sadio Mane are, like, different, right? Because usually a new face at Liverpool can, like, bet in well. So whether it was a Jota or even it was, yeah. um, like, even everyone that came after Firmino and Mane, right? Like, mm-hmm. Firmino and Mane were the first signings, then Salah came in and bet in, right? So... It's sort of an investment in this plan, and what we see with Liverpool right now is that, yes, they, they thrashed Bournemouth 9-0. We're going to get on to that a little bit later, but we will also see that it's... Like, we see Darwin's a, Dar- Darwin Nunez is a talent, right? It's He's yeah, not some... He's not like some schmuck. When you pay 100 mil for someone, yeah. you know, it's... You don't pay 100 mil for someone because, you know, they have talent they're paying for. Excuse me, you see something. Let's be honest right now. If he didn't, if he didn't get that red card... Liverpool's rest of their games after that Crystal Palace game would have been different. Yeah. I think against Bournemouth, they would have been up like 13-14-0. It could have been more the menu game probably. Would yeah, I'm about to say the United game, it could have ended ended as a draw or maybe Liverpool could have won. Like that's, yeah. that's the big difference here. And then plus with them suffering injuries in the midfield and how they still need a midfield signing. Thiago, he's been injured. Because I think cause like Liverpool, they uh, we noticed early in the transfer window, they wanted Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham was the number one. 
but he wasn't an option. They wanted Tushimeni. Tushimeni went to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And we know Liverpool to be the club that only makes the signing when it's the right signing to make, mm-hmm. which is kudos to them, right? Like, every time they splash the money on the right signing, it's been a Virgil van Dijk, it's been an Allison. It's been a Mo Salah, uh, Sadio Mane. Good players. They brought like, in the players yeah. that brought, came in and performed. Exactly. Like, they pick players that know how to win games. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. And and I'm trying to think because with Arsenal right now, I see the same thing with them as well. Like, going in for a Gabby Jesus mm-hmm. when, yeah, Chelsea sort of wanted him, but really no one else wanted to go in for him. Like, kudos yeah. to Arsenal because that was sort of that missing piece that they needed, right? I mean, granted, Granit Chaka, we love him, right? I, he's an Albanian. Yeah, I love my Albanians. Is. I want mm-hmm. them to succeed. But bringing in Zinchenko to start over him personally, in my opinion, which mm-hmm. is my question for you. Do you think Zinchenko should be starting at left back or should he be in the midfield? So, actually, you know, they have uh, we played today against Villa and Zinchenko. I think I want him and I think he should and will start in the midfield today yes. because we have some injuries in the midfield. We have Partey is out. Elneny is out. So, I think... You know, Zinchenko, he actually missed last game from an injury, but I think we kind of need him to be back today. And it should be a, a duo of Xhaka and Zinchenko running the midfield. And, you know, I think um, uh, right now, from the first couple games, I've kind of liked Zinchenko at left back better than Tierney. But really? okay. I, I want to see how it goes today because maybe the better option is having Zinchenko in the midfield than Tierney at left back. Yeah, because I'll be a better option. I was about to say, because uh, me coming as neutral, right? I'm not an Arsenal fan. Mm-hmm. If it was up to me, Arsenal fail, please. Makes my life easier. Mm, of course. <laughs> easier, of course. E- easier to do this show, yeah. right? But in, in actuality, as a neutral, um, not as a United fan, as, as neutral, mm-hmm. when I see uh, Arsenal play, I love Kieran Tierney at left back. Me too. I, 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 I like seeing good. him play there, and I think having Zinchenko in that midfield instead of a Chaka sort of, I want to say makes him more mobile, but it gives him more security. It does. Because, mm. like, Granit Chaka, he's a he's he's literally an Albanian center mid. He'll yeah. walk, play beautiful balls, and put in dirty challenges for no reason. Get the most red cards. Since <laughs> I was say because Kenny, you yeah. play around us all the time. You know, yeah. he's, I, know. I know he's literally like for like like <laughs> yeah. you, you think we joke when no, we're being serious. Yeah. Um, but no, like that's the thing. Like he is a good talent. When you guys brought him for a much lot back, we all yes. knew he was a good player. Yeah, and um, it, it's just tough because to play in the prem, you sort of have to be as bullish as him mm-hmm. but you also have to be way faster on the ball you have to have a lot of pace on you and yet somehow have like 20 pounds of muscle on you as well yeah. so it's really really hard for a sentiment to really thrive in the prem if you're known to be that like ball winning strong sentiment mm-hmm. right yeah and and i think you kind of see it with some games he's played because most of his career at arsenal from at least my perspective and i think others it's been, at least when it came to, it's kind of been more inconsistent where he'd have some good games and bad games. And a lot of people I know want him, a lot of Arsenal fans, who kind of want him out of the club and gone. I'm kind of indifferent on that. You know, I think that over the past, you know, season, past two season, he's been more, he's still been inconsistent, but he's been more inconsistently good than inconsistently bad. So I think that he has improved, but he's still not at the level where he should be at. And I know just from... Arteta loves him, so he's gonna. If he's healthy, he's starting every game as a you know in the six or eight position for us. So he's going to be playing every single game, you know, as long as he's healthy. With Arteta, I doubt Arteta would uh, you know put Zinchenko over him. I mean, he might. You never know. But I know just from how Arteta is, 
he's always going to play Xhaka. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he has been getting better too. And I obviously, I want him to go on the pitch and succeed. So, and I, I think over the past, I think last year was probably his best season for us. Mm-hmm. And he's had a good start for this season. He's already matched his goal and assist total in the first three games as last season, which is obviously, you know, could be the difference between how we're playing and whatnot. But I think, you know, like you said, you know, Tierney at left back, obviously, like, I don't hate him, but I just like the way Zinchenko played. But, you know, I think a good option, hopefully we find out today, Tierney at left back, Zinchenko in the midfield. Let's see how they perform, because that's kind of like what we got Zinchenko, knowing he could he's a versatile yeah, but player. But here's the question, though. Because Zinchenko did play last week's injury, yeah. and because it's, like, I don't want to say it's only Aston Villa, because Villa need the win, but they've been they struggling. Do. They do. They need to win. But do you think you can get away with a Chaka Lokanga midfield with Odegaard in front? You know what? Because that's our other option. Because the have, other yeah. issue is that you have Tomiyasu out at right back, so now you've been having Ben White sort ben of White fill start, in there, yeah. which is a little mm-hmm. weird because, like, I, I think you guys have Ben White there because in-game, that's why I think he sort of has Zinchenko at left back. The whole team sort of, like, meshes differently. Like, it is. Zinchenko will go mm-hmm. and play up more. Um, you have a Mikhail Saka, obviously. Like, he's been a right wing back, right, right mid, right everything for yeah. Arsenal over the past few years. So mm-hmm. he runs up and down the pitch. And then you sort of play like a back three with White, Saliba, and Gabrielle, which, by the mm-hmm. way, I would not complain about. Ben yeah. White's class. Saliba, what a, like, what a storyline with him, right? Oh, yeah. Coming to Arsenal, not being wanted, mm-hmm. being loaned out numerous times to now being a world beater center back mm-hmm. from, that came from back from Marseille. Yeah. I think, you know, he... And that's the good thing about having loan is kind of having trust with players because we've done that before with uh, Emil Smith Rowe. We we loaned him out to a championship side a couple of years ago. He came back and he played well. And like he said with uh, Saliba, we loaned him out twice. And last year at Marseille, you know, at 20, 20 years old, now he's twenty one. You know, he got in in League One. He 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 won the uh, Young Player of the Year award and he proved himself at Marseille. We brought him back. He wanted to come back. And now I think he's, you know, in the depth chart. I would put him over Gabriel and White right now as our as our top as our top center back. And I think that loan was spell was good for him because that was his time to prove himself. You know, he was still a young player. Like I said, now he's only twenty one years old. So now he's come back and now he's ready. He's already had a good start to the season. He had a goal the other the other day. Our defense has only conceded three goals in uh three goals in four games and you know and like you mentioned earlier about Ben White you know he's you know traditionally a center back but he's been class at right back so far this season so I have no complaints um of him starting there at right back and obviously we have Tomiyasu as a right back as well so which either I see who would you rather prioritize more playing at the right back slot because I think Tomiyasu has done such a service there for you has. filling it in with you guys not really having a solid center, uh, solid right back option since Hector Bellerin's first season in Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Like th- he finally you have some solidity there. Then now, do you risk that solidity in Tomiyasu, or do you sort of switch to a five at the back system in a way, or like more of a three at the back system? Like that's that's choices that have to be made, right? Yeah, you know, a hundred percent. And I think a, a a good problem to have on any team is to have. You know, who, okay, there's these two players are so good, we don't know who to start. You know, that's, you know, for the players, it could be stressful because obviously every player wants to play. But as a team, it's not a bad thing to have because that gives your team depth. And yeah, you know, you want players, you know, to play and, and you know, perform better. 
but to have that option isn't bad. I think right now I would, you know, you know, you don't want to f- fix something that's not broken. So if Ben White's going to keep playing well, we'll keep him playing. And, you know, we have Tomiyasu. And, and Tomiyasu could slide in on the left or right, too, if we need him. And, of course, injuries are going to come up. I mean, if Saliba or Gabriel get injured, Ben White will slide into a center back position and Tomiyasu will start for us. So I think having that depth, you know, is a good problem to have. It's it's good to have these problems where, all right, these players are so good, we don't know who's going to start. We don't know who's going to play. And yeah, like I said, for the, for, you know, it could be unlucky to some players because you have good players not playing. But, you know, especially at a big club, that's what you want to have because when injuries come down the line and you don't have proper depth to fill in and, and stay at the same level of play, that's when, you know, you lose, you drop points at the end of the season. That's what kind of happened last year, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Because uh, with the Prem, it's not about just winning all the big games because top six, right? Because yeah. that's sort of how you get your way through in those, uh, like, upper, like, in the upper echelon of positions, right? Because we obviously know City fills in that first place spot yeah. most of the time, yeah. sadly. Uh, Liverpool's always up there with yep. Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, even Tottenham as of late. Like getting those wins against those bigger teams, sort of helps close the gaps in some scenarios and gives you that springboard to fill in those positions. Yeah. But it also, you, if you don't get the points from the smaller teams, you're you're it doesn't matter if you get the wins against the Tottenham. It doesn't or against matter, the United right? because then you're not going to get any any points to really slingshot yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that. You like you mentioned, you know, if if you look at like Liverpool and Man City, you know, Liver- Man City's won the four of the fast five Premier Leagues. They have a dynasty going right now, right? Liverpool has won one out of the past five, but two of the times they came in second, it came down to the last, you know, match day of the season. So if you look at Liverpool and Man City, you know, kind of what you said, they've been so consistent with consistently grabbing points from the bottom half table you know every time they play a team that they should beat they they beat they don't tie they get the points there may be a a few games in the season where they drop points from lower table teams and that's what makes them good because then they can afford you know then they'll play Chelsea or they'll play Man U like look at like Liverpool like they'll lose to Man U or they might try Chelsea or something like that but they could drop points against top six because they're so consistently good at beating the lower table teams and if you look at teams like Arsenal and Man U in the past, you know, you know, six, seven years, what have they struggled in? Bottom half table teams, it's it's not they're not consistently getting points. Like I remember last year, at one point, Arsenal lost three games in a row. The teams that were bottom half of the table, yeah, and that that just kills you because we lost, we missed out of top four by like one or two points. But when you look, you look back and you look at games like that, it's the games that you should be getting three points at, and you shouldn't be tying or losing. That's what kills you. Because then, you know, we'll put games, you know, we'll beat like we beat Chelsea and Manu at the end of the season. Yeah, that's great. We beat two teams that are like top two top six teams. But then, you know, we lose three games in a row of bottom half table. It does you no good. So I think the key to really winning the Prem is is being consistent against those bottom half table teams. Because then when it comes to those games against the top, especially the top six teams, you can afford to drop some points or have a tie here and there because you know your next three games you're playing like the team that's in you're playing you know like Southampton or Palace I mean these are all good teams but they're traditionally bottom half they're like guaranteed points for you and that's what has made them so good because they're consistent against those teams precisely and it's I mean hey it's a toss up for Arsenal this year um, 
Now, I don't predict this being an invincible season, personally. I don't see this. I don't think so. Either. Yeah, because, like, uh, uh, the high is sadly going to go down, Kenny. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't you can't win every single game in the Premier League. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get disappointed. But uh, my curiosity is how Arsenal will bounce back from their first loss of the season. Because mm-hmm. depending on how they bounce back will depend on the type of season they have. Yes. And I think also this year is going to be different for you guys because now you have, like, a European spot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you have no Europe like last year. Like, this year you have Europa League. Granted, it's not a Champions League, but still, you're playing Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. It was Wednesday, Thursday nights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday nights. Yeah. And those nights, it's basically you have those games and boom, right back to the Premier League on the weekend. Yeah. So it's like it could be two games within a three-day period. So that's going to be the biggest test for Arsenal this year, seeing if they can handle games like that in those time slots. Yeah, I think you're right too. And I think for, you know, for really, you know, both competitions, you know, with the Europa League and with the Premier League, with Europa League, I think we should be at that level where we shouldn't be uh, we shouldn't be getting knocked out, you know, in the round of 16, you know, or the quarterfinals. Like we should be, you know, Europa League anything below semifinals cuz there are going to be a few hand- other good teams before the semifinals or finals. Would be you know would not be acceptable for our for our standard at the club you know it's okay you know if you, we should be at least be able to get to a semifinal you know if we and you know there's other teams in it too like Man United's in it we could face Man United in the semifinals we lose you know all right you know it, it, it's a good team we lost yeah. to Roma and you look at that one Champions League group with Barcelona Bayern and Inter you know in my opinion either Barcelona or Inter most likely Inter are going to drop be dropped into the Europa League from their group. But let's also forget that Frankfurt group, right? It's yeah. like four teams where people are calling it a Europa League spot. Like yeah. It's a, it's, they call it, they're calling it a Europa League group, but yet yeah. those are four teams that you should be scared of. Yeah. I mean, granted, Frankfurt's lost the likes of Kostic, like, you mm-hmm. know, what the Juve. players, yeah. Yeah, but still, like, should be worried. There's nothing easy coming from that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's going to be some good teams dropping from the Champions League, and it's going to make it more competitive, but I still think, you know, Arsenal... If you want to be in Champions League, you got to at least show in the Europa League that you can get far in it. So, and and like you said too, with um, how Arsenal is going to bounce back, I think that's a huge because like last year, like I said, we lose three games in a row. You can't do that if you want to get top four. No, you can lose one game in a one. So it's going to happen. You know, every team, Man City, Liverpool, the teams that have won the league and are consistently good, they're going to drop games. But what do they do after a loss? They come back and they'll win like four or five in a row. And I think that's going to be it's going to show how Arsenal is because you know we're flying high right now. We're going to lose eventually. It's inevitable. When we lose, are we going to you know lose, tie, lose, lose, then win after like four games, or are we going to lose and then we're going to go right back on a winning streak? And that's going to entail how our season unfolds because the past seven eight seasons it's loss then we get in a slump that's lost then you get a tie then a loss you don't win for another like three or four games and that kills you i think man united's kind of had that that same uh, man united's kind of been similar to arsenal the past you know seven eight years yeah i was i must say like we we lost the first two games like yeah. horrendously but that but that bounce back is something reminded me of arsenal's last season but they yeah. turned it around quickly yeah that's like what i'm arsenal saying did last year yeah that's what i'm with no doubts in anyone's mind yeah yeah, yeah. but the the thing is for me is to see because of course we play against arsenal next week yes so my curiosity is how we handle a team right now that is i would say more well-mannered than liverpool at this current moment just because liverpool has a whole bunch of injuries and yeah. like suspensions and stuff like a legitimately like full strength team, I want to see how United handles a top six side. You know, mm. yeah, and I think you know, 
Man United's made some, you know, recent transfers that have helped them out. You have the signing of Casemiro. Yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously every player that comes to the Prem, you don't know if they're going to be good right away or they might need some time. But Casemiro, you know, he's a world-class player. I don't think he's going to have too much trouble fitting in. I don't know your, your opinion, but I think he's like, you know, more quickly, you know, sooner rather than later, he's going to fit in and play well. And you have oh, yeah. Anthony that just, they just signed for, you know, was it 100 million? 100 million. Like I said, you're not signing a player for 100 mil. But the thing is, know. is that, like, I'm going to discuss this later as well, is that mm-hmm. Anthony is a 50 million player, mm-hmm. but because United took so long to buy him. So the and, price jumped. And, and because United took their star center back, took their manager, yeah. took their assistant manager, you, I actually be like, look, if you're going to make us have a downturn of a season by taking our starlet, you're going to have to pay more now. Like, it's mm-hmm. plain and simple. Like, he, they're not even paying for a transfer value. They're paying to pillage of club, basically. That's what's going on. It's like Ajax in the Premier League now. Yeah. That's that's almost what it is. Yeah. And then, like, oh, it was so it was so funny over the weekend. Everyone's like, oh, my God, did everyone see Frankie de Jong and Memphis Depay in yeah. London? Oh, they might be transferring. Meanwhile, everyone's there for <laughs> Donnie Van de Beek's, you know, wedding and stuff. You yeah. Know? It's, uh, it was funny. And how, and I saw, I want to know your opinion on, Lissandro Martinez hopping in the center back position. Now, he's not a tall player, right? No, he's 5'9". Five 5'9". Nine, five nine. But mm-hmm. then again, players like Cannavaro. Carlos Puyos, he's 5'9". Yeah, nine, so. that's what I'm saying. Like Height isn't a big thing, um, just as long as you have the right center back with you. And we saw how he performed with uh, McGuire. Yeah. That if you're not the right center back with you, it's not going to work. But yeah. when you have someone that has classes, Rafael Varane, yeah. or even, in my opinion, even if you throw like a Victor Lindel off there, yeah, like, I think it still works. It's not bad. Just no Harry Maguire, please. I beg you. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> I think please. everyone's saying that. Uh, okay, look, I don't want to turn like okay. Every week, this somehow turns the anti Harry Maguire show, <laughs> rightfully so. But like, I'm gonna leave yeah. it here. I hope he doesn't make it back in the team. Then and over with, Harry Maguire. Uh, I I don't want him in my club anymore. Anyways, yeah. um, but no, I don't think height's an issue. Uh, we we even see it with um with players like Sinchenko or players like Bukayo mm-hmm. Saka, right? Like they're not yeah. the tallest. Mm-hmm. But yet they they're still able to perform. Yeah, and uh, you know I think what you said you know have to have a good uh, you know center back you know partnership. And I think for my opinion, when you watch Liverpool play, Van Dyke, I feel like he's always really he's at his best when he has Matip next to him. Yes, that's that's my opinion because you've seen other players slide in that center back role, and you know sometimes Liverpool their back line does doesn't look the same because it's. It's the partnership, you, like do, you said. Do you think it's the same thing when Konate? I think it's the same thing when Konate's in there. Konate has been good, too, but I feel like he hasn't been playing a lot that lately. Uh, I, I, it's because right? of injury lately. That's okay, why. Okay, that's injury. why. Yeah, okay. yeah. That but makes sense. I will say, Joel Matip, last season for Liverpool, was probably Liverpool's best defender. Mm-hmm. I've never, I, like, he was I, very, well, very I think good. that was his best season in, in during a season where a lot of players had a downturn. Mm-hmm. Is the best way to explain it? So, like... When everyone else is not doing as well around you and you still perform consistently, I think that just goes to show how much of a good player Joel Matip is. And I, yeah. mean, I think for how long we, like, a lot of fans and, like, neutrals have sort of disrespected him. Mm-hmm. Because, he has been. yeah, because I, I think it's, a, it's, it's the same issue that Arsenal have with Gabriel, where it's, um, it's a good player who's always consistently, like, playing, but yet there's not a good enough system around him. Mm-hmm. Where like now, now that Gabriel has like a Saliba next to him, it's like him and Ben White like a whole different center backs. Yeah, it really is. So, 
I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a French thing or <laughs> or if right. it's just like when you like who knows how to find good players. But it, when you like, I I think Chelsea showed this too when you had a Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and even a Christensen back line. Yeah, that having someone as class as a Thiago Silva like really helps out the other two. You know, it is. And you know, you know, speaking of mentioning Chelsea, you know, I think they just signed Wesley Fofana today, oh, last gosh. minute. And you know, that's. That's a big thing because I feel like their back line has been. Yeah. I, I'm and I you know I'm German too. Uh, I love Germany, but and I I love T- Antonio Rudiger in my opinion. He was kind of like the best center back at Chelsea last season. After you know when he came there, he barely played, but now Rudiger has been you know consistently playing. And he left because he had a great season. Yeah. Won Champions League. You know had a good season with Chelsea. And, you know, he's gone now. And I think, you know, Kaladu Koulibaly was a great signing. He, he's a class center back, you know, from Napoli. Yeah, a cool. Oh, my God, Koulibaly. Okay, let's talk about the the roller coaster that is Kaladu Koulibaly. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean. He goes from having great games, really consistent, always, like, showing off how we're really supposed to play as a Premier League level center back. Yeah. Then scores a phenomenal goal. Yeah. Then gets sent off. And mm-hmm. then you just, you don't know, like, what, what to get from him. It's, yeah. I mean, it's also crazy because he sort of like shows and sets a standard of how, uh, of how sort of like the Premier League is played. Because he yeah. said himself as a 31 year old mm-hmm. who's played at the top level. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna address this real quick for anybody who is wondering why we've sort of changed our tones. We have a we have a live audience right now for Match Week, <laughs> more than usual. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? If you want, so if you want to introduce yourselves, I'll turn the mics on. You can say what's up. What's, What's good? Uh, Hello. <laughs> you got to be near the mics. I got to be good. What's yeah, look, good, bro? How you guys doing? Yeah. Jacob oh, Roby, incoming freshman. Nice, nice. How we doing, guys? Hi. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. We're giving uh, them a tour of the uh, of everything. Yes, yes. Thank I, you so I, much. No problem. Anytime. You guys can come anytime you want. I don't bite. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Depends on the day. Wait, depends, depends on the day. <laughs> Who's your favorite prem team? Uh, Manchester United. We're in love together. Okay. We'll be married in the future. All right. We're, it sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> I really like this guy. We'll get married in the future. <laughs> oh, Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Little intermission. <laughs> that, was, that was so funny because like we're trying to have a serious conversation, yeah. but then like there's like five people just, around here, just, <laughs> just like walked right, right in. <laughs> and they're just like looking at this, like, like, oh, how are they doing this? You know, but they had no. the on air sign. Yeah, yeah, I know. Really, I was actually thinking about buying one, but ugh, I don't got that kind of money. Um, so here's the thing, right? Uh, uh, Kaladu Yeah, he's someone who even in interviews have said that yes, as someone who's played at a top level for a long time. Playing in the Prem just shows how different of a beast it is oh, yeah. in comparison to the City A, right? Mm-hmm. We know it to be a slower league. We know it to sort of give players an extended lifetime in the sport. Like, we look at Chris Smalling. Mm-hmm. Chris Smalling at United yeah. had, like, two or three, in my opinion, good seasons there for his eight-year tenure, mm-hmm. nine-year tenure. Yeah. Where now that he's been at AS Roma playing in the city, ah, it's yeah. like every season is a world beater season for him as a defender, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show. I, I think I think being able to transition from a different league and show your quality in the prem, yeah, is different than being in the prem and then transitioning to a different league. It is because being able to adjust a different style and sort of promote yourself into a different player. Just goes to show like how of a top level player it is, and we saw that even in Arsenal team. We saw that with Asliba. We saw it with mm-hmm. Atomiyasu. We've seen it with um, 
uh, Martin Odegaard, right? Yeah. Mar- Martin Odegaard, youngest player to be signed at Real Madrid for yeah. the first team. 16 years old. 16 years old, was constantly going out on loan, um, was, came from Norway, right? Mm-hmm. Small, tiny kid, now leading the way for Arsenal, captain right? Captain of Arsenal. Exactly. So Youngest uh, captain. Youngest captain, which is which just goes to show sort of the evolution that Arsenal is going through. Yeah. And and uh, I think you're right, too. It, it's especially nowadays with the younger players coming in where you may see them either adapt or, or struggle quickly, too. Because I was just thinking, you know, going back to, like, Chelsea, you know, because obviously, like I said, like, I'm a German fan, you know. And, you know, obviously I'm not, you know... Not the biggest Chelsea supporter, but I do like the love the players on the club. You know, like yeah. I loved when they, um, you know, I wish you know Havertz and Werner went elsewhere, but you know I still love Havertz and Werner. And you saw Werner really struggle there. Havertz, you know, he did slightly better than Werner, so they kept them on. And you know, I I still you see this season, you know, with Lukaku out, Werner out, Havertz has been you know the number one nine for Chelsea. But he's not like he's but not, he's not nine. Perform- he's not he's not he's kind of like. Almost like he's, like a ten, a seven, the, the eleven. It's way, like the seven, eleven. <laughs> the, the, the best way to explain Kai Havertz is that he is what Deli Ali was to Harry Kane, right? Mm-hmm. He's that like secondary, secondary striker slash ten. Yeah, who like free roam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who free roams around that midfield and mm-hmm. helps draw attention away from the striker. Yeah, but also can put in a beautiful assist if need be. Right. Yeah. So. And I just don't think Chelsea's using him right. I think Chelsea yeah, didn't, I think so hasn't been using a lot of players right, personally. Because yeah. Tuchel wants to go one way, but then the signings want to go another way, which now I think is going to be different with Todd Bowley. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with the likes of bringing a Cucurella. Like, Cucurella is a yeah. Thomas Tuchel player through and through, and is great for what, say, God forbid, if Ben Chilwell ever gets injured again. Um, we see it with the center backs coming in, right? When you have uh, Wesley Fofana coming in, mm-hmm. when you have... Kaldu Koulibaly, like when you're bringing in these, I would say half of them are stop gaps. Like a Koulibaly's 31, right? He's not going to be there for the future. No. But yeah. then you bring in also Wesley Fofana. It's like Fofana, who has been decent at Leicester, now gets to train under Thiago Silva, who yeah. is in his mid 30s, learn how to play from more like late 30. I think he's like yeah, 36, late, 37 yeah. now. But think about that. Tiago Silva trained under Nesta Maldini. Let's he not did. forget this. Yeah. Two of the best center backs to ever play. Oh, right? unbelievable, yeah. So now you're getting that experience from him. And then you also have Kaladu Koulibaly, who is a brute, who's going to teach you how to play like a brute, but also be nimble in the ball. Mm-hmm. So you have these two great options to really just be showing young players how to play at center back. Mm-hmm. Which I think, I think the experience sort of leads to the old heads coming in, right? Yeah. And that's, that's how... Big. That's how it's sort of going, sort of going to develop. Mm-hmm. And I think just looking at, I mean, it's almost like theoretically like Chelsea with the players they brought in, they should have one of the best back lines like in the Prem. I mean, look, if you have like Kukurella, Koulibaly, Fofana, and Reese James, who in my opinion over the past year, Reese so James is phenomenal would as you like an start, outside back. Wait, wait, wait. Would you start Kukurella over Abenchoa? You know, I haven't, you know, Kukurella I think is good. I'll be honest. I don't think he was worth sixty million. I I think the I don't 60 think million, he was worth that much. I think the sixty million was because they wanted to get him off City. I think like half of that. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, but that's how the market is now yeah. nowadays, right? You Very no saturated. Long, you no longer get the price tags you want. Like Anthony, yeah. realistically, is a fifty million dollar yeah. signing, right? Yeah. Like realistically, mm-hmm. and that's fair. 
but because of inflation and prem tax, like that's all another thing we gotta understand, dude. Yeah. Selling the Premier League within Premier League when Brighton finished ninth. Yeah. Like that was their highest finishing season. And they're gonna sell off one of the stars. You better pay us so that way we can replace them with like seven other players, right? Yeah. So yeah. kind of like what Palace did when they sold uh Wambasaka. You know, they paid fifty million for Wambasaka. Yeah. For Palace, that was a lot of money. Yeah, it was they a used, lot they of money. They used it well. I mean, I don't think Wambasaka is, you know, fifty mil, but you know, that's that's kind of what happened. But yeah, you know, Cucurella, I think, um, you know, I think he could definitely start at left back. And the way Chelsea plays too, I mean, especially with Reese James. I mean, Reese James, you play him right back, right mid, right wing, he's gonna perform. He's just kind of been like phenomenal on, on yeah. the right side for Chelsea. No matter no matter where you play him. I mean he plays center back, he plays in the yeah. midfield, like I kinda like the three in the back for Chelsea and they have like a wing back and, and a left and a right wing back. Yeah, but they have been, options. They've been sort of forcing to go that four at the back. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that will ever work for that Chelsea side, mm-hmm. just because they've been so accustomed to playing five at the back for so long. Yeah, because they were introduced to it by Antonio Conte. Mm-hmm. They stuck with it with uh, Mauricio Sarri, stuck with it with Frank Lampard, mm-hmm. and then now trying to sort of train those tendencies out of those players. Because I think Tuchel is realizing with. Having a Jorginho who might be out of the club, mm-hmm. um, an aging Angolo Conte, yeah, you still have the likes. But here's the thing: but you still have the likes of a Mateo Kovacic and mm-hmm. a Mason Mount who are still young. So, do you start building a team where those two players can thrive, and you can sort of start evolving your team, and then you find that new CDM or even force Reese James to play the CDM role yeah. for them. And sure then sort can. of yeah, hundred percent you could. But then you sort of have to start forming and readjusting your team now to where it can sort of benefit in a different system and also bring something new to the club. Yeah, and and you know what? It's kind of like that's kind of like looking down the line for the club, like with the future. And I think it's kind of up to Tuchel the system we want to play, along with you know the options that he has at each position. What might be better a four or a five back system? But like you have players too. Like, I also think the start of the season, almost like Kai Havertz is, Mason Mount, too. I think, I mean, they're only a couple games in. They're Chelsea's five games in. But Mason Mount is a player, kind of, I guess, similar in a Kai Havertz role. I think he had a better season than Havertz last year. But he's still, you know, you don't want him to be stagnant in his career. You want him to keep, because he has that potential, you yeah. know, to keep, you know, performing well. Almost like how Foden every year it's just keeps getting, like, better and better. So I think, like, Mount, too, he has to find, like, his preferred position because I feel like he they most have been playing him as, like, an 8 or a 10, but he's mm-hmm. been free-roaming, like, on the wings and stuff like well, that. Well, I think they, they've, been, they've been forcing him to play, like, that right forward spot. Yeah. Like, he's been... I don't know how to explain. He's been playing the like inverted winger. Basically, he's playing yeah. as a ten. He's free, he's free roaming a lot. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah. He's playing as a ten, but as right forward. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is, is sort of an interesting way to phrase it. But that, like, I mean, here's the thing. Speaking of Chelsea, right? Let's go over some of these results for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the Chelsea result sort of um, echoes uh, how the Premier League is really shaping up this season. Yeah, with Southampton coming out, you know, with the victory on top. I mean, you also look at it. You know, Sterling has been their leading goal scorer right now, right? After coming off, I mean, he he never got consistent playing time with City the past few years. Now he's getting what he want, and so far he's kind of showing that he deserves to be playing. And aging Sterling, you know, sort of speak too. Yeah, but I mean, we here's the thing: Sterling has been on the decline within that City team. Yeah. Um, his numbers were always going down, but... Has been. Struggling to find playing time with all that talent over there. 
Then he comes on. He always used to get, you know, blamed for missing sitters here and there. So it has been. And he's a player, too. You know, whenever when you look at a player's career and you see, okay, you see they played for Liverpool, City, won four Premier Leagues. Now he's at Chelsea. He's on top, the three top clubs in the Premier League. You know, he he's class, but he has had it hasn't been a straight slope upward in his career. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. And I think kind of he was down at City now. At Chelsea, he's starting. He's kind of having a little up. Will he, you know, will he continue with that, you know, upward slope with Chelsea throughout the season, or you know, is he going to get a mid, you know, a mid-season slump like how you know he's been? That's how he's kind of been in his career. Yeah, um, I don't know, because I, I said this about Southampton when they played against United. Obviously, we really get to hear my opinion because we're a midweek show, so we didn't really get to get an episode out. But that type of game is the game that United usually loses, like how Chelsea just lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. because. Like Southampton, when they pull out performance, like I, I think people gotta stop discrediting Southampton for these past two games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, beginning of the season, my predictions, I gave them a low uh, placement. If I can, find what'd you it. give them? I'm trying to remember. I have it written down over here somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, you know, you still have players on the team that are gonna perform, like James Ward-Prowse. You know, oh, Shea actually, Adams. I actually had Southampton get really. <laughs> Really? Yeah, so I had Wolves, Southampton, Bournemouth getting really good. Not Everton. <laughs> not Everton. Where would you have Everton? Uh, Everton have 16th, and Nottingham have 17th. Okay. But Nottingham Forest has now made 19 signings, so I don't I don't know if I should They get all them. that money coming up from the championship. Yeah, you know? but you know what? They're spending it well. They're spending it. They have. Dean and Henderson. That was a good move for that them. That was a loan, yes. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, I, I think this sort of wants me to divulge into our manager topic and stuff like that is that when you have someone at Nottingham Forest like Steve Cooper mm-hmm. where last season he thrived off of solely lone players coming in whether it's James Garner for United or all these players coming from Southampton, Chelsea uh, Man City um, so when we see all these players coming in and he's able to sort of prop them up and use them to be spectacular class players to get yeah. promoted you sort of think like, okay let him take the Premier League players he wants, bed them into a team, because obviously the gap between being a championship team and a Premier League team is so big now. It is. Like, it's not as close as it used to be. You need signings. Like, you, you need, need money. signings. Like, the money makes such a big difference because mm-hmm. a summer transfer window in the championship is way different than a summer transfer window in the, uh-huh. in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And we see that now. With Nottingham, where they had to basically replace their whole their whole entire eleven, bring yeah, in eight extra compete. players on top of that. Got so. Jesse Lingard, like a like you know, Jay Kings, yeah. Jay Lings, you know, mm-hmm. a little little. What's up, bud? Come I on, love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a little Jay Lingard uh, hand, hand gestures, but yeah, I mean, look, the thing is, is that it is a tough time to be a Premier League team, and we see that with Crystal Palace, Brentford. Two mm-hmm. teams that started off really, really well this season, right? Yeah. Uh, they drew. Uh, Crystal Palace being a class side, and I think as soon as they get Olise back into the team, we'll sort of see the talent that comes yeah. in. But real quick, you're listening. Top of the hour. On WMC, Upper Montclair. But yeah, real quick, uh, you see that uh, within that, some of that missing talent. Of course, Sam Allington will say otherwise, our <laughs> resident Crystal Palace fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that... Uh, like the team's meshing well. Uh, Patrick Vieira's second season at Crystal Palace is going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brentford, who've had a spectacular start, like almost as good as Arsenal's, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been sort of piecing together results. And of course, uh, Fulham. What do you think about Fulham? 
Because a lot of people are iffy about them just because they don't know if Mitrovic is going to be yes. able to perform at that level. Yeah, I mean, Mitrovic, I think he had, what, like 40-something goals last year? Yeah. He, championships, he, unbelievable. He broke the record that Ivan Tony set for yeah. championship goals. It was insane. It, it, it was ridiculous. And I think he's already have, I know, on the opening day he scored two against Liverpool. He scored one against Arsenal. I don't know if he has any more, if he just has three goals right now. Um, I can um, check for you right now. But, you know, I mean, you look at, um, you know, Starting, you know, their team that came up, they made signings like they got Burnt Leno as a goalie. You know, Burnt Leno, he was really Arsenal's number yeah, one on the out until Ramsdale came in last year and just kind of swooped in and took his position. Well, do you think that that's because um, Ramsdale sort of promotes that Arsenal culture? Like, do you think that Ramsdale, like, okay, let's be honest, he's a decent shot stopper, his distribution is like okay, but yet the way he's able to direct that back line and sort yes. of control how a team should play. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as um as a way to as a way to sort of like replace Burnt Leno cuz we always mm-hmm. knew he was class for Bayer Leverkusen. Yes. He was yeah, he was yeah. honestly spectacular for that first season for Arsenal. Yeah. Like he was a really different big difference maker but then now mm-hmm. having him rotate out what was your thoughts on that? Like, did you think that he was good enough? Did you think that they, you guys really needed that change? You know, I think he, Ramsdale, when I, at first I was like, and he was one of the most hated signings when we, we pulled him in. He really was. And I had, I had, you know, I had little to no issues with Leno. I, I love Leno. He, another German player at Arsenal. I a- absolutely loved him. And, you know, it was almost like bad timing for Leno and good timing for Ramsdale because you know, last year how it went down was we started 0 3. Yeah. And Arteta wanted to make changes. So it wasn't just a goalkeeper change, it was a back line change. We had Tomiyasu come in and start for us. Tierney, he he uh he was injured, he came back too. And it was almost like that one game that Ramsdale started last year. It was like a one 0 victory, I think, against Norwich. Who but he also had a big last. save against against Timu Puki. I think that's what it was that really solidified it for him. Yeah, it was that one game where he, he we started him. We won after going zero and three. So Arteta had to make changes, and then we won like three games in a row. So it was really such good timing for Ramsdale. And I think that it wasn't like a, you know he got in out of luck because he he proved himself. And oh, I yeah, think yeah, he, yeah. he is a he should be our number one. And you know, I think with Leno, I think I'm happy for him because he should be starting in the prem. He could be should be starting in the prem. Now he's at Fulham. He's starting, and really that game we beat Fulham two one the other day. You know, we almost tied, and I think you know if we did tie, Leno was being man of the match because he made some unbelievable saves in that game too. But I think yeah. it was almost like a mixture of you know, you know, timing that kind of Ramsdale just came in and started. And I think he has a lot of room to prove. But I think what you said kind of about like the Arsenal culture is that Ramsdale, he's a true leader. I think he, he leads from the back, and everyone can see that. You know, he's loud. He's vocal. You know, he has that passion. That but he has need. that vision, I think. Like, the way – that's why, I like, I, like, don't get me wrong. That's why I, I don't think he's the best goalie. But his vision within a team, right, the way how he's able to see the game for the rest yeah. of the team, to be able to make some of those decisions, I think is what – is really what solidified him under Arteta, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why Arteta's also brought in someone like a Matt Turner, right, from the MLS. Yeah. Like, granted, don't get me wrong, backup keeper, but still, like, to bring in someone from the MLS, like City did with Zach Steffen, like, you don't mm-hmm. get them unless they're, like, actually decent goalkeepers, right? Yeah, you know they're going to perform. Yeah. They have, you know, you could put them in and you're comfortable with them 
than playing in that position. Matt Turner's a little older. I think he's like 30, 31. Yeah. But, but I, mean, I mean, for goalie, he doesn't matter. Like, yeah, Buffon, Buffon's doesn't matter. like, what, 43, 44, yeah, still, still playing? playing so. Yeah, he's playing in C- City B. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that, that uh, yeah, you know, clearly age doesn't matter for a goalie as much as, you know, other position. But I think, you know, Matt Turner coming in, he is going to get a more playing time than people think. Maybe not in a Prem, but, you know, with, you know, our Carabao Cup, FA Cup, you know, maybe some Europa League. And, you know, if, he, if there's ever an injury for... The goal that you want to have is that, you know, if there's an injury to a, you know, a starter, say Ramsdale gets injured, you know, knock on wood. No, yeah, um, not, yeah, I got for it, you know. Um, you know, you want uh, someone, a keeper to come in, Matt Turner to come in, and there be little to no drop in the level of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the team. And that's, you know, like you said, when you're signing a, you know, a player, especially a keeper from MLS, you're signing them for a reason, that they show, you know, potential, you know, they have that vision. You know, they have that passion. And, you know, um, Turner, he even said, you know, he was, uh, he's, he's an Arsenal fan. So, you know, he has that passion too. I and mean, there is even a video of him, like, refusing to sign, like, a Tottenham shirt, which all the Arsenal fans love to see. But, you know, it, it's good to have him because he's going to get playing time in those in those cup games. That's where he's going. And that's where he should be able to prove himself. And, yeah. you know, and, we're, and you know, but even, the shove, he even play. in, like, those, like, one-off Europa League games, right, when it's against, like, and. SC Braga, right? Yeah. Like those those games, like you don't need to have a Ramsdale in and give Matt Matt, Matt Turner the minutes. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, with all the players, like even you said earlier about Sammy Lacongo, um, you know, you know Lacongo, he play, he got more minutes in the Premier League last year than I think that he should have got, but that's you know comes to depth issues. But. I, I I but I think that's also, I think Arteta is like playing a game that he played at City that him and Pep would do, like throwing players in the fire and see if they turn into coal or into a diamond, right? Yeah. And we saw them do that with the Phil Foden. We saw them do that with Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, it, and it was sort of worked out for Lil Congo, right? Because now he's actually a legitimate talking point. Yeah, like fans, Like fans aren't just thinking like, oh, you know what, like he's he there, well like maybe games. why not? But he's yeah. now like, oh, Zinchenko's out. What if we start with you know, Lokonga and mm-hmm. Chaka. What if Chaka's out? What if we start Lokonga and, and Zinchenko? You know, yeah. it's there's there's now a, a question that can be asked with a lot of fans. Yes, it, it, and that, and like you said, like that's not it's a good problem to have. And I think Lokonga he got those minutes, and you know he's maybe a little bit more comfortable now. And then we kind of saw that last year with so we had as a left back before Zinchenko, we had Nuno Tavares yes. come and got a lot of playing time, and he was one of those players that was kind of like inconsistent. One game good, one game bad. Well, did you guys just send him out on loan? If I'm mistaken. So we just sent him out on loan. Yeah, I think to I want to say I'm not sure if it was Marseille or. Leon, we sent him out to a French club. I thought it was Leon. Might be, might be Leon. I think we sent him out to, but you know, I think. Actually, wait, just imagine we, you sent him back to Marseille or Sleeve yeah, with the belt. Like, oh, yeah, go right. back to the same club. See what happens. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get another one. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it could be good for him. But I you know at the same time, I kind of like last year our left back pairing was Tierney, Nuno Tavares. Now our left back, it's Tierney Zinchenko, which is an upgrade. Yeah, 100%. it's an upgrade. Um, so. Just to go back into some of these results, uh, to answer your question earlier, Mitrovic has five goals already. He in does. Five, five wow. goals in five games. It's a good start. That's crazy. Crazy, I say crazy. And then now Leeds, Everton 1-1. I mean, new signing, Sinistera scoring a goal. A- Anthony Gordon, that's supposedly going to Chelsea, bags a goal for Everton, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see for Leeds, Leeds is the American project right now. This is it the is. team where we're like, Jesse March, USA, USA, mm-hmm. 
come on, like we need him to do well for us. Yeah, like yes. he's really for our name. But no, but like you see, like of Brendan Harrison, you see he's been um, playing Tyler Adams. Right? Adams. Uh, too. I mean, it's it's been it's been such a solid team, and then Rodrigo. Like, what does he have? Like five goals too, right? Four I, or five he, goals. It makes no sense with him because right now he has four goals, four goals, four goals, one assist, and five matches. Like no it's one another thought. Great start. No one thought Rodrigo, someone who's like thirty-one years old. Yeah. Who transferred to Leeds has been a bit inconsistent for the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Could come out of the league and just be like ruining everybody's FPL. Yeah. Like him and Salah have been ruining everyone's fancy Premier. Yeah. And the fact that he's been able to have a form like he's had was just crazy. I mean, it's it's kudos to him. But it granted, is. he did just suffer injury in that game, shoulder mm-hmm. injury. He's going to be out until early October. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that how leads fair with that. But then maybe that can lead to uh, leads lead <laughs> <laughs> cheeky cheeky. Love that. Um, maybe that can lead to like you know um, some younger players getting some minutes because they have Somerville, an attacker. Um, they also have Patrick Ramford, who is slowly yes, coming back from injury. Yeah. You have Daniel James, someone who I, I I'll say this till the day I die, someone who I wish United, United never sold. I, I, I love I like, I, like I love yeah. Reese James. Dan- no, no, no Daniel, Daniel James. James. I'm sorry, I do this all the time Daniel because James no, James. you know what it is? Because I say Daniel James, and then Besmer says Reese James, and oh, he does yeah. it to mess with me. <laughs> so then, like, I start doing it now just because uh, you see he he lives rent free in my head. He yeah. really does. Um, but no, uh. It, Here's the thing. I, I don't think people were calling this like the battle of relegation, but I don't think either side is a relegation contender side. I mean, every time there's an argument because... I think they they have to kind of fix some stuff because they've been shaky. Definitely leads. Well, I mean, bring, I mean, here's the thing. Bringing in a Connor Cody and a Tarkovsky in your back line makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Huge. Because yeah. you're used to Michael Keane and a Yerry Mina consistently being injured. Yeah. So that now, yeah, exactly. So then now having in two proven quality, Connor Cody was spectacular for Wolves. He was. He is an he's an English um he's an English international. He needs to always play midfield call too up. with them, right? Yeah, exactly. He like, play, yeah, he's a versatile player. And then Tarkovsky, someone who was very very consistent for Burnley for the longest time, mm-hmm. is someone who you bring in, which is class for Everton. So I don't think Everton should be too worried. Granted, I think Deli Ali is officially gone now. He went to Benfica's. Yeah, yeah, he's in a Turkish league now. Yeah, uh, Deli Ali, man, we go from having him as like player of the year, like someone who's supposed to be on the up and up. The next yeah. Wayne Rooney, he was touted. The 17, 18, 16, 17 seasons were even even eighteen, phenomenal. nineteen. It was yeah. just as soon as that nineteen, twenty season hit, different player. Yeah, different <clears throat> player. Totally different. I mean, we do you think that that's a hit for Everton or because in my personal opinion, when when you had a Deli Ali and a Donny Van de Beek coming in that last six months of the season, yeah, it really helped them stay up because they had a few performances yeah. where it was like mm-hmm. make or break, like keep them up. Yeah. And then now they have, like they have Solomon Ronda on the bench, but mm-hmm. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's still injured. Yeah, you have uh, uh, Ruben. Uh, I might actually know uh, Ruben Vinagre, I'm gonna call him. I don't know how to say his name. I apologize. He's Portuguese. Maz, you would probably mm-hmm. know how to say his name. Um, uh, Ruben Vinagre coming in all alone, uh, who is supposed to be a stopgap attacker, meant to help out. And then you still have the likes of of a big midfield wage uh, like wage structure. Like you have a Wobi, you have Onana, you have Davies, you have uh, Gordon stay. Will he leave? Uh, you have Allen. You have Gomez. Allen too. You're right. Uh, how about uh, Andre Gomez, my guy? 
Yeah. Like someone who was seen as like a class player for Everton was a Barcelona player. Yeah. I think we all forget that. Yeah. To now just like being on the bench. Yeah. It's crazy. But I think one of the biggest losses for Everton, and you know, some people are not might not agree with this, they may or may not. I think is that just because of the work ethic is losing Richarlson. Yeah. It's kind of huge for them. Also, fourteen goals. Like, where, where, who's gonna replace those fourteen goals? Yeah, I mean, hope. I mean, they think they're looking for DCL, Dominic Calvert Lewin to yeah, come and, and do that too. But how many times can you rely on a striker who's consistently getting injured time and time again? Right. Yeah, you're you're right. But that's why I think losing Richarlison is a big thing. And just as a future update, I just got one right now. We have a Kanji to Man City from Dortmund. Okay. So okay. another addition. Okay. Yep. You know what? Right now we'll break a few of the breaking news, but I will say, no call to actions. But if if you'd like to listen in later, 10 p.m., we are doing our deadline day transfer announcements. We'll be going in through and through, announcing all the transfers that have been happening today. Even the likes of, you didn't hear about this, Fabian Ruiz to PSG from from Napoli. Mm-hmm. Napoli's getting pillaged. They're losing players. Plus PSG, they also just signed Carlos Soler mm-hmm. from Valencia. So those are the two I'm going to drop for you right now. We got big transfers coming in. Coming in at the hour. Fabrizio Romano's in my DMs telling me what's going on. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Just imagine it'd be crazy. Uh, but yes, guys, um, if you're interested, remember, no call to actions. Match week tagline, no call to actions. <laughs> if you're interested in coming in later at 10 p.m., we'd be more than happy to have you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, uh, Akanji to Man City. City are just problem. Throw money. <laughs> yep, that's like, it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just throw it to the fire. Why not? But I, I'm actually interested to see in a Kanji and Ruben Neves back line with having Cancelo Ruben and, Diaz, yeah. and Kyle Walker. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Sergio Gomez, who they just got recently too, he's someone that was sort of that Cucurella replacement for mm-hmm. them and who they end up getting cheaper. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. Interesting time. I think one of um, uh, the other things that you kind of see, because, you know, Men's City, they also picked up from Leeds was uh, Calvin Phillips. Yeah. One of the things that happens with a lot of these Prem teams, you know, like we talked about, the Prem teams, they'll get promoted. The championships will be promoted to the Prem. They get money. They spend money on players. A lot of times they may have a good season where they get top half the table. But then, you know, you got to look at what happens to that. Like take Leeds, for example. Leeds got promoted. You know, they almost like they weren't like fighting for relegation. They were kind of more like a top half. They were a decent team. But then you lose players like... Rafinha well, and I Calvin mean, Phillips. I mean, here's the thing, right? So their first season up, they had a half decent season. They were like around the twelfth, tenth yeah, place, like mid table. Yeah, and then the second season where it was an issue because yeah. players uh, leave. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. Mar- Marcel Bielsa. This was don't forget. The least been for two seasons now. Yes. So Marcel Bielsa, who's a forward attacking nonstop, played beautiful football, mm-hmm. was just getting bad result after bad result yeah. after bad result, and then it got to the point where. They were really, really close to getting relegated. It was between them, Everton, and Burnley. Yeah, last year was tough for them. Yeah, so then uh, having a Jesse Marsh come in, sort of stabilize, help them keep them up. And I think now, with the signings they've made, they're sort of better off without Calvin Phillips and Rafinha because now you're on lower wages. You've bought in players of mm-hmm. almost equal quality. Tyler Adams, I don't think he's not there yet, but he's close. Yes. Sinistera is someone from the area division. So he, I mean, granted, he scored yesterday. Yeah. But we got to see what he does if he hits the ground running. Uh, it's it's a very interesting time to be a Leeds fan, especially when you one of your best players gets bought from Man City just to be on the bench. You know, yeah, that's fifty million for the bench. Happens, why not? Right? Why not? You know, like oh, rotation player, we'll get him in someday. You know, like. <laughs> can't fathom that i really can't but 
Even this past weekend of results, you had Brentford, Everton tie again. Brighton beat Leeds. Chelsea yeah. get that win over Leicester. Liverpool nine nil over Bournemouth with Scott Parker getting sacked. Yeah. Do you think? Now here's the thing. I I don't think that it was only because of that game. Mm-hmm. I think it was because of all the games leading up to it. Yeah, the Arsenal game beat them. That's what I say. Because if we look at the all of Bournemouth's all of Bournemouth's yeah, it's a, it's a results. It was the cherry on top. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest cherry in nine nil defeat. They started off the league well, right? They yeah. had two nil win against Aston Villa. Mm. Okay, you know Villa's like, kind of struggling too. So yeah, but the next game four nil against uh, City. Yeah, three nil against Arsenal. They tied two two and went to penalties against Norwich City in the EFL Cup. Mm-hmm. And then now nine nil to Liverpool. Yeah. You want to know what I think the reasoning behind it was? I think because Scott Parker was in charge of Fulham last season, and we saw how big of a drop-off that team had, yeah. that I don't think Bournemouth wanted to risk it with Scott Parker. Like They just didn't trust him anymore. So now they're bringing in a, a temporary manager until they find a new one. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest are the two teams that show what you do if you're newly promoted Championship side. Yes, you can see a big difference. It's either you spend the money, bring in the players, and you put in all these like relegation clauses and stuff like that for when if 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 you take the drop. Yes. So that way you don't have to keep paying out fair enough the ridiculous wages, which is fair Fair enough enough to the clubs. Fair enough to the clubs because the in the championship you don't get the same money. It's plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and then you get nineteen signings, whatever, or you pull a Bournemouth. You barely sign anybody. You take the money while you can, and you just hold it out in the Premier League, make your money until you get dropped back to the championship. Yeah. Like, there really isn't, uh, like, th- it doesn't really seem like there's a plan to stay up for Bournemouth. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right, and that's that's kind of what it is when you see the teams up. Once you come up, you got to spend the money because you need the players that, you know, the players that, you know, maybe aren't getting the playing time and other clubs, and you know it could be useful to you, like Nottingham Forest. Like, you see, like, Dean Henderson and Jesse Lingard both from United and you know they're going to come in they're going to play they have Premier League experience not much but I mean more so for you know Jay Lings but you know that that's what you need that's what you need to perform and you know I think you know going back to because um, you mentioned Fulham again you know and Mitrovic we said we had five goals and just watching that Arsenal Fulham game I mean from watching I was upset watching from Arsenal standpoint because we couldn't guard Mitrovic on corners even like they had a long throw-ins in the box like we just could not guard him and I could imagine you know if Mitrovic is you know was do is you know he's kind of came in and he was like you know Premier League ready to play well he played he for ready. Newcastle for yes a bit. he was Newcastle yeah and then he got transferred to the Fulham he still had a great season for Fulham I think when his first season in the Premier with Fulham he had what 14 goals yeah that was the year before they, they came up because they were yeah, yeah, because they got they, relegated. They came up, yeah. relegated, came back up. Up and down. They've been that up was, and down. That was with Scott Parker. That's kind of like how Norwich and Watford have been. They're up, down, up, down. It's but the thing is, like, it's a roller coaster ride. Fulham are a different team because of the new people they've brought in, right? So then yeah. now they have a Marco Silva, someone who was in charge of Watford for the longest time. He was the one who got them promoted. Yeah. The one who was with them for a bit. And then, of course, they've obviously, 
I mean, Watford are the definition of the crazy ex-girlfriend who's constantly rotating through boyfriends, yeah. right? It's like, not. I think they went through nine managers within a two-year time span. It's ridiculous. Like, Watford were the ones who were constantly rotating through, but Marco Silva, obviously a great manager, and also they had a great transfer window. They brought in uh, Issa Diop. They brought in Babu. Diop was good. Babu too, great from, uh, I think, from they got They got Shane Duffy. Oh, yes, from Wolfsburg. That's correct. Because Wolfsburg got relegated, so you're able to pillage that club easy. Um, Burn Leno. My only concern, though, is I said this in the... Oh, also Andreas Pereira from United. Yeah. Great signing. Um, I, I also said this is about uh, Paulinha from Sporting Lisbon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paulinha from Sporting Lisbon. There we go. Um, but... Again, and also Bart Leno, we talked about him. Yes. Uh, I do think that uh, the biggest issue is that in the back line, you still have a Tim Ream. Yeah. Like, Besmer and I will argue this day in and day <laughs> out. Oh, he's been in the Premier League for uh, seven seasons out of his 13th season playing career, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, it doesn't matter how long you've played in the Prem or where you've played. It You're just, he's not good enough for what needs to happen. Like, Fulham, they, mm-hmm. they need... They need a quality in the back line because in the Premier League, you're, and especially when you have a striker like Mitrovic who's going to get you goals, you well. need to have solidity in that back line. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple because you can't just keep relying on having uh, on having a half-decent season because of Mitrovic and then you barely survive the drop. Like, no, like you can get a mid-table finish if you just fix up your back line, and I don't yeah. think people understand it. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And, you know, um, like in Bob, we didn't even start the other day. I don't know why, but. He got subbed on. He came on. I, I think because they want to bet him in right. They don't want him just to, like, they don't want to, like, shock him right away and just throw him right into the Premier League. Because, like, not yeah. not, not everyone's a cool volley, right? They're not going to be able to just adjust very well to it. Yeah. And I also think, you know, um, their left back, you know, the American, Anthony Robinson, you know, he kind of, he, he gave Bukayo Saka so many struggles the other day. Yeah. And he had the same thing, you know, when they played, uh, Liverpool too, you know, he kind of held his ground for the most part, but you know, that's another American you have in, in a Premier League and you know, he's kind of more, I think Anthony Robinson has a lot to work on too, but you know he kind of showed, you know, some some good character playing in, in some big games for them, and I think coming, you know, from a good standpoint, I was going to say this about Matt Turner earlier, um, you know, talking about the United States going, heading into the World Cup, they're almost in a better situation now than they've ever been before because they have so many, you know, you know, players now in you know Europe. playing in Europe in more or less the Premier League you know between Brendan Harrison, Tyler Adams, you know Robinson, Turner, he might not get as many minutes but he's still, still he's Premier still training with Arsenal every single day, you know and he's, he's going yeah. to get he's going to obviously. But he's going to get European minutes though. It's not like he's not going to play in the Europa League. Yeah. He's going to be playing these cup ties and like let's be real, playing against a championship side in the FA Cup Sort of means more than playing in the MLS. Yeah. It's just playing. Oh, a hundred percent. It's not as it's not as it, it's just it, that's it's just how better. it's just how cutthroat it is. Like it's just yeah. not as good. Plain and simple. And I think what about what's his name? Is it Omar Richards? Yeah, Omar Richards. Yeah, him well, too. Look, I'm trying to think because there's because he came from Bayern, but he never was. He was never going to play. Well, there's Bayern. two Richards that were signed. There's Chris Richards. Chris Richards and Omar, and Omar Richards. Richards. One signed for Nottingham and one signed for. Um, was it? I'm not sure if it was Fulham or someone else. Nottingham, and no, not Fulham. Oh, we talked about this, and I'm really angry. I'm. Angry. No, I feel like they're white though. They have white jerseys, right? White. Is it Tottenham? I don't believe so. 
Well, also, I'm another sure move. The American. Um, talking about Americans, while you search that up, Sergio Des, Barca want him out. Well, because Barca need to raise funds somehow. That's, yeah, they need to raise funds. But supposedly links to United or Omar Richards. Teams. Omar Richards, yes, is one playing for Nottingham Forest. I think Chris Forest. Richards, I think went to Spurs. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a wild guess to say Spurs. I'm gonna Spurs. check their lineup right now. But continue, mm-hmm. Kenny. Yeah, no, I, uh, Sergio Des. I I like them at Barca, but Barca has you know there are their own problems. But you know I think you know transfer deadline today, you know. You know, keep, let's you know all Americans. You know, keep an eye on Sergio Des where he heads. You know, what form do you want him going into the World Cup? Because I think you know he's a clear start for, you know, an outside back position over like DeAndre Yedlin. You know, who's who's been playing in in the MLS. Well, no, but he's been playing in Turkey. I thought no, Yedlin. Yeah, I thought he was playing for he, uh, Galatasaray. He, he was, but um, he's on uh, Inter Miami. Really? I I just saw I and you know what? I didn't know where he was. I went to the Red Bulls versus Inter Miami game over the weekend. Because I picked the Red Yedlin. Bulls, but I had no idea he was playing for Inter Miami. That's crazy. Yeah, and I saw I see Yedlin, and I turned to my friend uh, Zach and was like, "Hey, um, is that the Andre Yedlin at right back for Inter Miami?" He's like, "He's like, yeah. I mean, well, you know, he he obviously has Premier League experience, but he's a little bit older now." Crystal Palace, Chris Richards. That's it. Yes, Chris Chris yep. Richards at, at Palace. That's so. Sam would have known that. Sam would have known. Sam would have known. Sam Allington, you've been ignoring my phone calls and my texts. What's good, buddy? Match week, you know, I'm sure. <laughs> I have that. I haven't texted him. I don't want to make him seem like a bad guy. No, no, no. Um, but yes, uh, Chris Richards was at Chris Palace. And then now, as you said, DeAndre Yedlin ends up playing for Inter Miami. Someone who was, I think, who left the Prem too soon. Me too. He was forced out of Newcastle just because of a price tag because Mike Ashley was a horrendous owner. Then went to Galatasaray. Went to Galatasaray. I'm surprised he left Galatasaray. Because they always yeah. consistently get Champions League, it's yeah. Turkey, so it's a really it's really high paying. Like I've never heard of someone go to Turkey and not make money if they come from outside. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they're always you know you know fighting for you know the title there. Also, the fans, dude, like the fans, like if you're good enough, they love you. They love they you to the day you die. Mm-hmm. Even even Drogba, like fan, fans yeah. of Galatasaray, like consider Drogba more of a Galatasaray legend than like Chelsea fans. Yeah. Do. Like it's actually crazy how crazy. much they love their players. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, that's a big surprise. I mean, it is also very very exciting to be an American for the World Cup. It is. I think um, you know. I still think that you know all these players that are in like their early getting to mid twenties. Pulisic he's Pulisic turns, he's 23, turns 24 in September. You know, this will be good for him, but still 23 is a little young. I think next World Cup, 2026, hosted in North America. By the way, we've explained this before. I'm taking a mortgage out on my life or uh, taking a loan somewhere, going to a loan shark. However I get the money, I'm getting tickets to the World Cup. I'd have to agree, too, because that's a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. But I think going to be on a home soil U.S. in four years where you have, you know, like more like the likes of players like Pulisic, Adams, Aronson, you know, they're going to be in their, should be in their prime between that 26 to 29 range. Also, dude, the fans are going to be insane. Fans are going to, it's, they're on their home turf, you know. I mean, granted, we are sharing it with Canada and Mexico, but still. like 70% of, of fields are in, in yeah, United exactly. States. It, like 75% of fields are in the United States. Like, oh, that's, I'm, I'm feeling like goosebumps already, bro. Like, yeah. It's four years away, but goosebumps already, man. Oh, man. But I'm still excited for this World Cup. I think this World yes. Cup will have a will have a decent finish. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, you look at their group stage for the United States. You have England, which obviously they're favorites to win the stage. You got Wales. Yeah. You know, their first World Cup, I think, since the 60s. You know, kudos to, you know, 
Gareth Bale, you know, all the all and for him and all he's done for them. Then you have Iran too, who and you look at these teams like Iran, um, you know, they're going into the World Cup. And those aren't pushover teams because you, those are teams, you know, you look at them last World Cup they were in 2014, Argentina beat them one nothing. They're basically going to, they know what they I have, mean, they're going to sit back, defend, and look for a counter, and they're hard to penetrate. I agree, but I wouldn't use Argentina as that standard of comparing difficulty with smaller sides because granted even that 2014 world cup they made it to the final right but yeah it was a lot of like one nil like barely getting results like they had they a were, bunch of games were, like that they were struggling to handle teams they were and i think that's just because of the argentinian like cohesion mm-hmm. with always having the over reliance on messi and not really relying on other stars like yeah. di maria and now having paulo dabala like mm-hmm. I, that that argentina team i think will do okay Artie Hate coming in. That Argentina team will do better as soon as Messi leaves the Argentina setup, plain and simple. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, right now, they have been... I mean, you have Latoro Martinez coming, yes. who's playing phenomenal. I saw, I'm saw. i a huge fan of Rodrigo DePaul. You know, Atletico, yes. at, at, at huge, great, great midfielder. And, I mean, you look at the defense, you know, like... Um, Lissandro Martinez, you know, Argentinian defender who's playing in the Prem now. You could play him at outside back. You could play him at center CDM. back. You could play him at CDM. You, you could play him. You have these other Argentinian players coming up. I mean, I, I still want to, you know, I wouldn't totally agree with Messi, them being better without Messi. Uh, well, because I'm but, seeing it like how Ronaldo at United is right now. Mm-hmm. It's like Argentina, like they've had their stars in the past, right? They've had the Maradonas, the Verones, and yeah. everything, right? But. Argentina has always been about Argentina. They have. Mm -hmm. And when you have Messi in there, it's all about Messi, right? He's Mm -hmm. bigger than the project, which isn't, it's supposed to be the other way around. The project's supposed to be bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing United. United has never been a team where we've had one player bigger than the club itself, right? Like, don't get me wrong, like Wonder Kid Ronaldo and the beginning of CR7 Ronaldo, like, don't get me wrong, like, he, but at that time, he wasn't bigger than United, right? Mm -hmm. He was synonymous with United. Mm -hmm. Wayne Rooney was part of that project. Yeah, yeah, like, Wayne Wayne Rooney was never bigger than Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Rio Ferdinand, David Beckham, all these players, like, they were never bigger than United. Yeah. So I, 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 that's the issue I see with Argentina. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. They have somebody who's bigger than the project itself. And we don't know where that project could go, you know. Yeah, because and and you know it, it is the fair thing to say about Argentina. You know, it's if if there's a game Argentina wins and Messi doesn't score, it's like oh they carried Messi. It they always has that burden on him where you feel like Argentina plays. It's Messi's got to score, otherwise he didn't he didn't play well. And that yeah. you're right, and it kind of comes with that thing where they, he's kind of like bigger thing. But you know, you look at it like even their Copa America final win. I think it was Di Maria who scored the. The, the goal like Di Maria he's Di Maria in my terms he reminds me of like Thomas Mueller because they, they look like they have an age and they're consistently good throughout their whole oh, career no, but dude, Di Maria was I think one of the best in the world at one point like it I think everyone forgets how how good he was insane he was at Real Madrid oh he was phenomenal before oh, he left and then like and he was forced out because of a Wonder goal, Hamas Rodriguez, who now plays in Qatar. Like, yeah, I mean, his his career was very short lived at Real Madrid. I honestly think some of his best years Hamas had was, was at Bayern. Was, was at exactly yeah. was was at Bayern Munich. Those two years that he had with Bayern, where he, he played phenomenal. He every time he plays well, it's always under Carlo Ancelotti. And even yeah. even that first season when, when he was at Everton, right? Yeah, yeah. That first season before he got injured, he was looking electric in the Premier League. He, mm-hmm. he was so fun to watch. He was. 
Uh, you yeah, know, but I, yeah. I think it's the same thing with um. Even I look at Coutinho when he left to to Barcelona. Coutinho's best year was when he was on loan to Bayern. Yeah, but I I think that's just managers knowing how to use players right. Yeah, that's a big part. And of Barcelona it. just they never wanted to use him right. Like mm-hmm. they didn't understand like where he played because he's like he's a proper number ten. Yeah, like he yeah. has to play in and behind. And then when you I think at the time they still had Iniesta at the club and mm-hmm. Messi was still there and Messi's like that free roam that goes from playing ten to playing on the wing. And, like, it's really, like, an inverted weird system that you have to adjust to. So it's it, it's it's very, very difficult to sort of prop yourself up in a team that doesn't want to prop you up, you know? Yeah. Like, because he was sort of used to being the main guy. Let's not forget, at Liverpool, he was the Don John, right? He was like, amazing. That was his thing. Like, it was the Coutinho, like, Coutinho team. Even at Villa right now, I think I think just the Premier League in general could just be a better fit for him. Because at, yeah. at Villa, he's not bad. Well, I think, again, I think it's just Steven Gerrard knowing how to use him. Yeah, right? You're right. You're, you're totally right. And and I think the thing is, too, which I, I always, whenever people tell me, you know, um, like, even, like, I you look at Werner. Like him at him at Chelsea, like he struggled, and everyone they kind of downplay Timo Werner. I and my always my always you know my analogies that uh, the players that I always pick out is that like you said it's it's the coach and a system because and here's the two players Kevin De Bruyne and Mohamed Salah, oh my God. both played for Chelsea. Yeah, not everyone kind of overshadows that, but at Chelsea, you know, I think De Bruyne was there was when Mourinho was in. I forget who was the manager. Yeah, but the, when, the, the Salah. Yeah, the uh, no, they were they were both there. Both there with Mourinho, right? And you know, it's the system, and they just couldn't perform. Then they go elsewhere. They come back, and they are you know two of the you know arguably the best players in the Prem or even at, in the world. City. Yeah, in not, the world, not just like freight over. They're one of the best in the world, yeah, and 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 it's factual. And you know what I think it is, and it's just an unfortunate situation. And but you know, almost it could be too. It's you know, like De Bruyne, he went, you know, over to uh, Werder Bremen, and he was... No, was it Werder I thought it was Wolfsburg. Oh, yeah, it might be Wolfsburg, yeah. No, it was Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg or Werder Bremen. When he, when he, um, dude, when he had that Euro... Dude, that season in the Europa League, Kevin De Bruyne, oh, my God. It was class. Like, it's crazy to me, because there's some kids nowadays that don't understand when you see these players, like, break yeah. through and then involve into yeah. the player they are. Like, there's some kids who's like, mm-hmm. oh, De Bruyne's just De Bruyne at City. Who cares? Like... I don't think you understand what it took for De Bruyne to be to get De Bruyne there. at to City. Get yeah. there. Because his right? first season at City, he was always ridiculed for, oh, his weak foot wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, he wasn't making, he doesn't yeah. know how to find the right player on the diagonal and stuff. Yeah. And then that next season, it's like, wow. It's like, you can't tell what foot he is anymore. The passes that he, he's able to create, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and even with like you know Salah too, just just going out and getting that. I think where was he? He's at he Roma, went to right? he went to Fiorentina, and then he went to Roma, yeah, and, then, and, then and then Liverpool, and then he went to Liverpool. And obviously, you see like what he's done now, and he's just been like like out like out of this world. And you know, one player too, um, that's been on my watch from the Bundesliga from last season, and is still there is. Is a uh, Christoph Nkunku? Yes, because he, he is. I'm just waiting for him. He, he he was a PSG starlet. He was, and I think mm-hmm. it was just he was there at the wrong time because now that PSG have Galtier and uh, they're trying to promote more of like a youthful side and a youth Beyond. system program, that if you still had a Manyan Nkunku, because don't forget Manyan was a PSG keeper as well. Yes, mm-hmm. like if you still had those players in, that it would be a like like it would be a whole different team, realistically. Yeah, yeah completely. And um, Nkuku, he's someone who was supposed to be touted for a Premier League transfer. 
Yeah. Like City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, Tottenham. Everybody was linked to him, but yeah. no no one was able to get him out. But I think that I, I like players, especially in the Bundesliga. I like when players have a good season and they stay. Because I feel like, because that's what Havertz did. He kind of, I remember he had, when he had his outstanding season for Leverkusen, him and Julian Brandt. Brandt left the Dortmund. But I like when they stay at that club. And, you know, in Kunku, it's, can he do it again? Yeah. And it's almost like, it's like a risk for them. Because if they don't, then people are going to be like, all right, he was a fraud. But can he prove himself again another year? And in, in not only that, I mean, Champions League, he played phenomenal too oh, last right. year. The thing is, is that, he was playing everywhere on the pitch. Yeah, he was playing. He's that free forward. roaming. He was that he, we're talking. No, about, but like he know? was playing center forward. He was yeah. playing CDM. He was playing box to box. Yeah. Like he was everywhere. He's such a good player. He's class. He's real quality. Real quality of He's a player. Class. Yeah. Now, Kenny, we have to make our weekend. Oh, not, well, today actually, today predict. We're I'll be saying weekend predictions. We have to make our predictions for today, and for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So today we have. Oh, let me yes. tell you the first game, two thirty. Bournemouth versus Wolves. Yes. What are your predictions for the result? No, I'm going to go a, a struggling Wolves too, but an even more struggling Bournemouth. You know, I'm going to go 2-0 to Wolves because I think Bournemouth, they're still yeah. struggling to score. And I think Wolves are kind of due, due for, you know, they need to get something going. And I forget, they, they just tied Newcastle. But they should have beat Newcastle. St. Maximin had a nice goal at, ah, at the end. I feel like it's tough to say because Newcastle is looking so they good. They have been. Newcastle been looking good too, but um, I think I'd, I'd go 2-0 Wolves today in that match. You? I'm going to go. I'm going for a draw, and I okay. think it's going to be 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Because I'm sticking for that Wolves relegation prediction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need that to stay yeah. true so I don't look like a schmuck. Um, but no, that's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a draw, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, now with a new manager and the Bournemouth players getting thrashed by Liverpool, I think they want that bounce back game. Mm-hmm. Like, they're desperate for it. Next, it's your boys, Ken. Yep. Arsenal versus Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. What are we and thinking? You know what? Aston Villa's been struggling, but they're, you know, they're just... There's eventually their slump is going to end. Yeah. I don't want it to be today. And, you know, <laughs> Arsenal, we're on the high end, and I think I I know from a standpoint too. I kind of want a win from an Arsenal standpoint. You want to win going into United. You don't want to lose Sevilla or drop points, and then we go and drop points. You know, at you know, at Old Trafford. You don't want to do that. So I think you know, home at the Emirates, we have a two one two one victory today. That's what I would two go with. one two one victory. For, for Arsenal, that's what I got. That's what I would go with because I think we've also been struggling, um, you know, to keep that clean sheet. You know, because I feel like and the way we've been playing, they might sneak out a goal via, which I could definitely see happening. But you know, with our offense and our attack, you know, I think at least two goals today should 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 be coming. You know, maybe we get a Jesus goal or like a. Oh, I, I I I hate rooting for Arsenal, but I need a Jesus goal for FPL. Okay, for I, FPL, I, yeah. I really need uh-huh. it for FPL. Mm-hmm. I I use my triple captain on him yet, but mm-hmm. well, I think like dude, ah, Gabby Jesus, the way I always changed it, like even oh, yeah. that first game, creating chances left and right. Like I got that's why I was angry about for my FPL as well. It was like his <laughs> first game of the season, and these Arsenal guys can't finish chances he's creating. Like I was I was saying other not nice words. Yeah, he's got three but, assists, I think, right now. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. He's looking really three good. Assists. So that's why I'm thinking that it's going to be six five to Arsenal. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's gonna be like a three one to three Arsenal. One. Three yeah. one. Mm-hmm. 
right I could see that too. I was kind of debating between 3-1 and 2-1, but, you know, I kind of... The way you've been playing, I, I, I go with 2-1. And I don't think it's to downgrade Villa at all. I think it's just because they're riding so high on form. Yeah, we're and in that, top form right now. What do you think? This game can go sideways if you don't have a Zinchenko nor a Thomas Party in, right? Yeah. So it's going to be a bit of a different shape in the midfield for that team. should see if to. we start, you know, Zinchenko or Lacongo, depending on, on you know, injuries. On fitness and stuff, yeah. Fitness, injuries, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, our... You know, going into the game, we're definitely going to have some moves being saved. I mean, there's also been talk of sliding Ben White into that D-mid position. But I think I'd rather have him out as, you know, an outside back. You're better off. You're better off having Saliba there and having Gabrielle and Ben White behind him. Yeah. Sort of awesome. sort of like a back five in a way. Yeah. And have, like, Saliba be the tip of the back five. Mm-hmm. And have, like, Ben White and Gabrielle supporting behind him. Yeah. I mean, we could even just, you know... Two of the, I, I think you guys get away with two of the midfield. Just, That's what I was just, just going to say. Like Odegaard and Chaka or Odegaard yeah. and, um, and Lukanga. Put another striker up, putting Ketty up with, with Jesus. Yeah, and like... Two it, strikers, But here's the thing, know? because, like, even if you have, like, let's say, uh, Bakayo Saka and Martinelli, like, even if you throw in Nketiah in there, too, Jesus will play way more creative and sort of play in that midfield three, in a sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, we could even slide and just make, you know, Odegaard drop in a little bit and put in Smith Rowe, who has barely, he's he's been injured all preseason, he's been coming off the bench, but in this lineup, it's hard for him to get minutes, but this could be a potential day, you know, you could have, like, Zaka, Odegaard, and then Smith Rowe in a 10 position, Odegaard's more yeah. than Yeah, I mean, Smith Rowe, it's tough because... How do, you, how do you start over a informed Martinelli? Yeah. And yeah. how do you start over an informed Odegaard, right? Yeah. It's it's like you're really you're really not like be, like you're really just like not helping yourself there in yeah, that case. It's, it's tough. He's almost like just become even the second half of last season, he's become like our super sub. Which which is what you want. You need someone with quality to someone who could potentially start coming off the bench, you know, and start. So I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, I think it's going to be interested, interesting, the team that we put out today. Yeah. Next, we have Man City versus Nottingham Forest. And, you know, coming off um, Holland's hat-trick. Yes. Holland, Holland, Holland is inevitable at this point. He, he really he really is. I mean, and, you know, as much as... I mean, you could probably say, too, like... like I City's not a team, like, from an Arsenal standpoint, like, I really, I really hate Chelsea and Tottenham. But like City is a team where I can't, I have no true hatred from. But I just, it's so annoying. the past five years, it's, it's snowing because yeah. they just keep on winning and they won't drop points. You know what I mean? They just won't drop points. And every day I'm like, all right, when is is today the day? They're you know <laughs> they're losing two one to Palace, and then you know Holland has a hat trick. Yeah. And then uh, you know they were losing three one to Newcastle. Holland scores. You know, so I I, I think you know today I could see like. Like a three 0 victory to City with Holland maybe bagging one or two goals. Even are they home or away? Um, they are. I can tell you right now, they are home in the Etihad. At the or Etihad, the empty hat. The empty hat. Yeah. Okay. I, I I could still I could maybe see like a three one, but I think you know I could see like Holland scoring. You know, Gundogan scores in that one of my favorite midfielders. You know, another German. You know, even have like Foden or Silva. They just have so many options at home. You know, riding a high. As long as I don't want it to happen, I could see like a 3-0 victory coming from him. Here's the thing. You're forgetting about one special player. Jesse Lingard. Jay Lings. Jay Lings. The boy. He loves to perform against big teams. Yeah, he does. You talk about Holland hat-tricks. 
How about Jesse Lingard quadruples, my guy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In reality, you're having it 3-0 to um, City. Yes. And in in reality, I think it's going to be like a four two game again. Personally, yeah, like, it could be. They they like Forrest, there's some defensive struggles. Well, here's the so. thing, right? I think I think I, we do have to give credit to Forrest because Forrest have set themselves up defensively like well. Mm-hmm. They play with a back five. They have Nico Williams. Um, yeah, he's a good well, player. They've also good brought player. in the likes of Morgan Gibbs White. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing for City, right? They have four injuries: Jack Jack Grealish, Laporte. Calvin Phillips has like a shoulder knock, so they're a bit worried about him. They're not going to wish. He probably risk wouldn't him. get much playing time. Though. Uh, Nathan Ake. Yes, he's done too. But then for Nottingham, I'm worried because they're missing out on Richards, who we just spoke about. Yes. Not the American one, the English one. Yes. And they're also missing out on Nia Kate. They just got for the Bundesliga. Yeah, they did. Yeah, him too. So they're, I think they're, with Richards, is shin, shin injury. He's back in uh, October. But then it, with Niakate, he's probably not going to play the next one or two games just out of like not risking yeah, anything. Yeah, he's been a big, uh, big game signing. Makes but sense. then again, Dean Henderson in goal. So yeah, I mean, he might keep a clean sheet because he's that good. Two penalty kick saves a season. You know what? I am going to make a prediction that Alvarez starts today. Personally, Julian Alvarez. It's going to be a Julian Alvarez, Phil Foden, and Holland front line. Wow. And then you have probably a midfield three of Gundogan, Rodri, and De Bruyne, or maybe or Silva. Or Silva will fill in there over Gundogan. I I think this is gonna be a game for Alvarez. This is I think the best game to have City have mm-hmm. him play in the Premier League and see how he performs. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm going. I'm gonna go four two. Four two. Four two. Force lose. So sorry, Forrest. I don't like I don't like ready for city. I hate it. Or me too. It, it it burns my blood. Yeah. It really it really <laughs> it really boils it. Um next we have West Ham versus Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Two other London clubs, Kenny. Yeah. What are we thinking here? You know, it's you know, yeah, obviously two other London clubs. You know, I'm dying for Tottenham to drop to drop points. And I feel feel like they've kind of been you know, getting, you know, some late goals in a season. But, you know, I'm going to go here with a... Do you want to hear the injury list first, or do you want to make yeah. your predictions? All right, so for Tottenham, I'm going to see Brian Gill, Lucas yeah. Mora, and Ollie Skip. Yeah, they, yeah they've been injured last, last game, too. West Ham? West Ham, it's Johnson, Dawson, and their new center back signing, uh, Ugard. Yeah. But also, they're going to have Timo Kerrer, who they got from PSG. Yes, another German defender. Yep, they have Zuma and Ogbana. Zuma likes to kick cats. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you have Kufal and Emerson Royale. No, not Emerson Royale. Uh, Emerson from Chelsea. Yeah, another Emerson Royale's on time. Yeah, yeah that, there's two different Emersons. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I could see from this game, like... It's you know Tottenham's have those late goals, but, but I here's really, my question: yeah. Do you think West Ham will do better with Fabianski in goal or with Ariola in goal? Who do you think will that make the difference? Tough. That is tough because like Fabianski's like, of course he's a he's your classical shot stopper, like yeah. you know will do his job. But then you have Alfonso Ariola, who's also very who's good too. a bit taller. Yeah, he's taller. He's he has a great reach. Mm-hmm. His distribution is on point. Like where. Do you see West Ham benefiting from having either of those keepers? You know, I think in a game like today, 
you know, it might be. You have to go with the experience, uh, right? Fabianski. I mean, either, either or, but I think, you know, I think my prediction, I'll go with like a one, one draw. One, one draw. One, one draw. Either a one, one or two, two, but I'll say one, one draw. Cause I feel like teams have been struggling, but you know, I'm just hoping that Tottenham doesn't bring like Richarlison out. Then they have Richarlison, Cannon, Sun running havoc in like the 80th minute. I don't think Sun's starting. I think it's going to be Kulisevsky, Kane, and Richarlison. I think really? I think this is gonna be the game to test out see if Richarlison can start. They also still have Perisic, Hoidberg, Benson Kerr. Love Perisic, great player. Great player, great great player. But yeah, I, they, this might be a Richarlison game. Yeah, uh, there's a certain word to describe him, but it's not radio appropriate. So yes. we're, we're gonna <laughs> leave it there. Charles is a, a real big character, and you said what was your scoreline? One one. One one. I'll go the one one draw, which I'll be satisfied with if Tottenham drops points. Uh, West Ham. Haven't been good enough. Declan Rice sort of not having the form of last season. Jared Bowen the same. Um, mm-hmm. West Ham sort of struggling to find their striker because it's either between Mikel Antonio or Skamaka and figuring out the way they're going to start with there. I think Skamaka will end up starting you know, throughout the season. I think so too. Time. But it's just how do you bench Mikel Antonio who's yeah. been a club servant for how many years now? Yeah. Like since what, 2016? Yeah. It's always been good for them. Always. So that's why I think it's going to be a 3-0 thrashing wow. for Tottenham. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I I, know you don't want it to happen, yeah. but, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for us, Sam. Mm-hmm. Next, we have on the card the last game of the day at 3 p.m., Liverpool versus Newcastle. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Here's the thing. I think it's going to be a good game. Like, Me too. Liverpool's a good team. Newcastle's a good team. It's really hard to sort of, like, make a decision on that. They've front. both been, you know, Liverpool's been inconsistent. But after a 9-0 victory, how do you just not come back out on top again? Yeah, but then Newcastle has just been... Has been informed. Yeah, they've been playing well all season. Running, you know, St. Max has been running havoc for defenses. You know, this could, I could be this similar to like a Newcastle City game. Just to put this in perspective for you, they have not lost a single Premier League game yet. So they won against Nottingham Forest 2-0. Yeah, so they were. I mean, we'll give them credit for City. They should have beat City. They should have. They, they should have beat City. Um, but yeah, so two 0 against Nottingham, zero zero Brighton, three three against City, which is impressive. Yeah, very. Impressive. That's what's making me Super think impressive. like there might. I think this game is going to be all down to Liverpool's uh, fullbacks. I think yeah, their defense. Like I, I say, the fullbacks more because that's where Saint Maximin and Saint Maximin on on Trent Alexander Arnold today. Yeah, that's what that's gonna be the that'll be fun big decider. That'll be very fun. They also tied one one against Wolves, so mm-hmm. it depends. It depends. Here's the thing: it depends if they can handle a pressing side with weaker fullbacks, but yet mm-hmm. they are a world class team. Yeah, I think just for fun, I'm gonna say. 2-1 to Newcastle. Wow. What are you, Kenny? What do you think? And you know what? I think this will be a similar game to City. You know, I where um, Newcastle, I think, you know, could could get a nice lead. And the question is, will Liverpool, you know, if they're, Liverpool is down like 2-1, can Liverpool come out with, you know, like an 80, 89th minute goal or something like that? 
So you know, I'm gonna go with a uh, with a two-two draw. Two-two draw. Two-two draw. Because I I'm expecting some goals today. I'm okay. expecting some goals. Even you know, I'm expecting some goals. And you know, it's kind of hard to you know to put both sides if they've been kind of you know. Liverpool's been inconsistent. But you know, coming off nine goals, they they did something right. Obviously, I mean, it's Firmino, Bournemouth. Firmino was going yeah. rampant though. Like that's one of the best games we've seen him have in a while. It, it was, and even the game before that, he, he played well too in the place of Darwin Nunes. I mean, he didn't play that well against United, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, still the 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 role that he he's kind of slid into has hasn't been bad though. Yeah, but the, I think my thing is is he's that he's kind of exceeded Firmino, expectations. Yeah, of course, but I think Firmino. His issue is that when he first got there, it was just try to score goals, assist when you can. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everyone sees them as this like underrated ball playing, pressing striker yeah. that doesn't really need to score goals. Really like a false nine he plays, really yeah. like a center forward. And then I, I just think that he just needs to get back to what he was doing because at, when he played against United, it looked like he was trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Like he was too he's much known in his for. head. He's known he for was trying it. to flick like the balls. He yeah. was trying Classic to like, Brazilian. Yeah, do like all these like overcomplicated passes mm-hmm. and that Bournemouth game he kept it simple that's the best way to explain it. he kept it very simple and yeah. that's why I, I could see him having a good game but I think after this Darwin's suspension is done mm-hmm. so I think after this week is going to be very very um, hard for him to get minutes yeah in the Prem 100% 100% so just real quick to recap we're going to go over the league real quick and first place right now is Arsenal on 12 mm-hmm Man City with second, 10 points. Tottenham in third, 10 points. Brighton in fourth, 10 points. Crazy. Leeds in fifth with eight. Fulham in sixth with eight. Southampton in seventh with seven points. Chelsea in eighth with seven points. Brighton with in ninth with six points. Newcastle in tenth with six points. Almost ties. <laughs> Almost ties. Um... Man United in 11th with 6 points. Liverpool in 12th with 5 points. Crystal Palace in 13th with 5 points. Nottingham Forest in 14th with 4 points. Everton in 15th with 3 points. Aston Villa in 16th with 3 points. West Ham in 17th with 3 points. Bournemouth, Wolves, and Leicester are in the bottom 3. Bournemouth, Wolves, and Leicester. But Bournemouth can Leicester's get... Leicester's been struggling. But here's the thing, though. Bournemouth can get out of the relegation zone because they're only on three points. They're tied with one, two, three other teams. So mm-hmm. they could hop up to 14th very easily. Mm-hmm. They can. If they get the right results. But sadly, they're racing Wolves, who also need results because they're also yeah. right below them. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be an easy one for them. It's not going to be an easy one. No, yeah, no, it definitely won't. But like, like you said, I think in last last twentieth is it's Leicester, right? Yes, tw- Leicester. They have not won a single game. Yeah, they drew one, lost three. I think that's just due to the fact that um, they played some tough. Teams. I say this time and time and time again. People are always like, no, no, you're wrong. Brendan Rodgers is just not good enough for that mm-hmm. club. It's plain and simple. Yeah. Because obviously, when he yeah, came Brendan in, Rogers, yeah. he yeah. picked up on a system that was built for him. He didn't have to do much. Uh-huh. He had players do your thing, and then that's it, right? And he's just—he's not at the level he, that he's the club needs to be. I mean, he had. Let's not forget. Oh, there's one game we have to recap for tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is Leicester versus United. 
And I think Lester loses this game just because I think so too. Of I think A injury issues, but B their transfer business as well. Because they have Fofana who's gonna be sold. That's why he's on the injured list. Mm-hmm. Uh Bertrand, uh Ryan Bertrand's out, knee injury. Andreas Pereira, Achilles tendon. He's not gonna be back till February twenty twenty three. Arsenal's still looking at Tielemans. Tielemans hasn't still left yet. Madison's still injured. I mean don't get me wrong. I like Dewsbury Hall. He's a really yeah. great up-and-coming talent. But can you rely on a midfield three of Pryat, Sumari, and Dewsbury Hall? You can't. You not can. in the Premier League. It's not going to work. And James Justin is good. Castagna I like. Yeah. But Johnny Evans, like, he's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. Is Harvey Barnes still there? Harvey Barnes is still there. Okay. I like but Johnny Barnes. Evans is 34 years old. Yeah, he's old. Like, don't get me wrong. He's made Harry Maguire, Wesley Fofana, Su Yun Chu, all these guys look good. Mm-hmm. Like, because kudos to him. He's actually a decent defender. Yeah. But when you have someone like an Amarty in the back line who's used to playing the midfield, who's really not that good of a player, mm-hmm. you're not really helping yourself. Yeah. And then Vardy, he's aging out. You still have you still have Pots and Daka. You still have Indian yeah. Nacho. Yeah, those two strikers, you know, could come and score. Iosi Perez... <sighs> He's never lived up to any of his expectations. Mm-hmm. At Newcastle, he was half decent. Not the best. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I still think the best player on Leicester right now would be, you know, you know, James Madison. I just he's he's quality on the ball. Yeah. I think his issue is, is that he's been on like a little slump. He hasn't been playing mm-hmm. as well. Um it's, he's just been unfortunate with injuries and stuff. So yeah. we're just gonna have to see where it goes from there. But that's gonna be tomorrow's game at three PM. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a United win. What's your score for this? I'm thinking two one, one one zero maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think the same. I think you know, Leicester can shake out a goal, and you know, I think it, it's some, um, uh, the way United's been playing is that you know, I could see him getting like a two one, two one victory. You know, maybe letting up a goal. Um, you know, what, what would be your lineup for tomorrow? Who do you want in? Um, so my lineup. I want to. What's that left back name they just got? What starts Malasia? He's so good. I'm not mm-hmm. even saying that as a United. Is he fan. a lefty? Uh, yeah, he's a he's preferably a left footed. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Malasia, like I've said, he's been absolutely class. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's making it harder for Luke Shaw to get back into the team than Harry Maguire. Like yeah. that's the like think about like I think he's really solidified the left left back spot to be his. Mm-hmm. Because tomorrow, I see his start. I think Casemiro starts tomorrow. You know, I, I was just going to say, I think a midfield three of Casemiro, Erickson, and Bruno, I feel like you can't go wrong with that. No, there's not. Erickson's you, class. Erickson. He's I, class. You look, you're going to have Casemiro at the base of the midfield defending. You're going to have Erickson playing box-to-box, just slotting yes, balls like nonstop. Eight. And then you're going to have Fernandez just being a menace. Like He's going to be all over the pitch, free-roaming causing problems. You also have Marcus Rashford in front of him. Yeah. You have Jaden Sandro. You have Alango who started off the season really well. I like Alango a lot. I mean, here's the thing. We still have Martial out, sort mm-hmm. of. Like, he's suffered an injury knock, so we don't risk anything. Brandon Williams still out. Pelestri still out. And Lindelof still out. Yeah. So, honestly, I'm happy with this team so long as Harry Maguire does not start. Plain yeah. and simple. And you know I, what? One thing is that I, I'm so rooting for because I love I've I've always been a supporter of Marcus Rashford, dude. I'm just I'm rooting for him just to do as I, like how I root for how I say to do this. Well. I, root I, for I him say to this time well. and time again, and people hate me for it. Cristiano Ronaldo 
completely ruined Man United last season. I'll mm-hmm. say it once. I'll say it again. People were ridiculing me. Oh, he got 18 goals. Where you get that goals from? You don't understand. When Ronaldo's introduced into a team, he changes it completely. Plain and simple. Ruins yes. the club. Ruins everything. But, guys, that is all the time we have for today. It is 12 o'clock. You got to be ready for Ant and Maz on the midday. I'll see you guys later. Thanks so much for tuning in. Kenny, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure having, having you. Let's hope it, we don't have to wait another six to eight months to have you back <laughs> on again. <laughs> guys, you have been listening. Top of the hour on WMSC Upper Montclair. This is Match Week. Make sure you tell somebody you love.